Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Thank you, Mario, but our Nintendo Direct is in another castle. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We are going to be talking about the news from the week, including some of the announcements coming out of Gamescom. And then on Thursday, for real, we are going to be curating our own Zelda trilogies. But Mark, in the meantime, how are you doing? I'm doing great. You know, uh, every week that we've tried to do this Zelda trilogy show, which I'm really excited about... Um, yeah. We have managed to, managed to conjure some sort of Nintendo announcement or presentation um, yes. just before we record. And I'm curious what will happen this week. Right. So it's, it's either a uh, third time's the charm sort of thing, mm-hmm. or right. you and I have unlocked some like ancient black magic that <laughs> <laughs> all we have to do is say that we're going to curate our own Zelda trilogies and then that uh, just from from the ether appears a Nintendo Direct. Yeah, we'll just we'll just see how it goes. We'll just see how it goes. Um Mark, how you feeling now that it is we are in September? We are in uh, the we're, sum, summer's over, even though we're going to be going through another vicious heat wave in just a couple days. <laughs> uh, you, you feeling good? Feeling feeling good? Leaving that summer behind? Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm. Uh, well, see, it felt like no summer at all. Time is like right. such a weird thing right now. Where yes, like the days... I appreciate you uh, refraining from saying flat circle. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> well, like the days are like long sometimes but yes. then you they accumulate very quickly and you're like i have not really been outside for the entirety of summer like to a like kind of weird i mean i guess i don't even have to try to describe the weirdness of life right now but yeah right, like, we're all experiencing it <laughs> to a yeah. yeah so we can all share in the fact that like yeah this was a super weird summer that i am very ready to like have behind me but at the same time it felt like it never happened yeah, Mark, right now you're describing my experience with Sonic Forces, and other people could have that same experience with my copy of Sonic Forces for the Nintendo Switch. All you got to do is email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com and give us a mailing address where I can send my copy of this game. You play it for as long as you want or don't play it for as long as you want, uh, and then send it back to me. I pay for postage both ways. It is a perfect borrowing program it is active again although now i'm just sending it sort of loose in the mail so hopefully that's still working um again it could be destroyed by some envelope folding machine and we would never never know you know i i don't know if this is still true but you know uh maybe like 15 or 20 years ago as long as you had the proper amount of postage you could mm. send like anything through the mail like pretty much like any shape like you could send like a bowling pin as long as it had like the proper amount of postage affixed to it. And I wonder if you could do that with the Sonic Forces cart, where you could just like put a stamp on the cart and like in really tiny letters write the just address. Addressing it really and small. Just like see if it could get there. 
I mean, I love that. Uh, I think that'll be the the next person who is is going to get it. Is going to get just just a, a stamp with Sonic Forces stuck to it. Do you think that um, it would be fun if we compiled a list of the people? Like, I know you're compiling a list of the people who yes. um, are currently on the Sonic Forces borrowing list. But I, yes. uh, but if we figure out like what states each of them are in. And then see which states were missing, and then like particularly try to solicit people to get the on the list from those states where like, hey, Rhode Island, help us out here, so we can like complete Sonic Forces like fifty states tour. Okay, here's the thing: I do not want to get stuck in a Sufjan Stevens situation <laughs> where we do not complete our fifty state project and then have to hear about it for the rest of our lives. That's a great point. That's a great point. You know that's an interview question that he gets every time someone interviews him, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's got to be. <laughs> um, speaking of things that we will ask you about uh, for the rest of your career, your Mario memories. We are collecting Mario memories for our... Look, October is Mario's uh, 35th anniversary, so we are going to be celebrating it all month long with a series of shows all about Mario. It's going to be super fun. Again, we're in September, so that's just next month. Mark, can you believe that? It's coming up so no, fast. time doesn't make any sense. That's right. Um, but we need your Mario memories because Mark and I are just two people. We, I probably know Mark's Mario memories. He probably <laughs> knows my Mario we memories. We are so sick of hearing each other's <laughs> Mario memories. So we need you to write in with whatever moments you have from your experience with Mario that made you feel something, that made you excited, that made you scared, that made you happy, whatever. Um, please write into us and uh, share those with us so we can share them on the show. It's just Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. And thank you to Jimmy, to Jason, to Mark, to Corbin, and Adam for already submitting memories. Um, it is starting to look like it's going to be a good show, but it can be a great show if we get more people writing in. Uh, and then, uh, Mark, we had a, a tweet that you wanted to talk about. Oh, yeah. So uh, I think in last week's show, I talked about finishing Paper Mario the Origami King, really liking it, and uh, thinking that I wanted to play Paper Mario Sticker Star, which is available on the 3DS, because really, you know, my options for Nintendo games right now are the 3DS or uh, the Switch. And I would get Color Splash on the Wii U, except I don't have a Wii U. Um, and so at Silvergrass Moon, offered um uh, they tweeted saying at mke mitchell i will play sticker star with you name the time and place air just the time i guess and uh at silvergrass moon one thank you so much for offering to play sticker star with me uh, i th- am i'm it's more than i did more than i, did. More than I offered <laughs> i'm uh, a little paper mario out right now but uh tell you what in five years if neither you or i have played paper mario let's meet back here at the sa- same exact spot and let's play uh, Sticker Star together. And two... Uh, Are you sure you don't want to do it at the top of the Empire State Building? Like, isn't that... <laughs> I mean, why risk it in five years? And yeah, then, sure. There could uh, be a King Kong up there. <laughs> and then two, uh, did, I'm very curious uh, for this person. Did the avatar become, come before your Twitter handle? Or did your Twitter handle come first and like the avatar... Um, is based on it because it's a really like pleasant avatar uh, and i'm just yeah. wondering what the genesis of that is this is some real inside stuff for uh people not on twitter uh at silvergrass's moon uh silvergrass moon's uh like icon profile icon uh is like a little white circle and it does appear to be um uh, a field of silvergrass below it 
It could uh, also be Jack mm-hmm. Skellington facing away from the camera, um, like looking into the sunset. Right. I mean, that's you run that risk anytime you see a white girl, <laughs> right? All right, Mark, let's get into what we've been playing this week. Okay, so I feel a little silly about this one in that I didn't, when I first picked up a short hike, that I didn't finish playing the game. I played like what turned out to be almost like 90% of it and then stopped and was like, I'll come back to this later. Um, And then when I came back to it uh, just this weekend, uh, I put in another 15 minutes and was done. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But a beautiful game, a wonderful experience. I really, really enjoyed uh, gliding and climbing around this, this mountain, uh, meeting all the characters along the way and having like a nice little moment once you reach the top. Um, You know, it's, it's got that very, uh, very indie game melding of uh, solid mechanics um, and just like a, a heartfelt specific story. Um, so yeah, I uh, totally recommend a short hike. It is no longer on sale, uh, I guess, as of right now, um, but it's, you know, $9 uh, full price. So like to- totally worth the price of admission. Yeah, I, I actually, I picked up a short hike as well and I played maybe like, I'm, wait, how long was your total experience, would you say, with a short hike? Uh, two and a half, maybe. Oh, okay, yeah. I think I played for, like, half an hour. I don't know. I've been in, I was in a really, like, weird headspace this weekend. And so I had such a hard time, like, I played short hike for a little bit. I played Spirit Fair for a little bit. Uh, I played more of Samurai Jack Battle Through Time for a little bit. I had such a hard time, like, getting into any of them. Like, I think I, it was yeah. just hard for me to want to, like do the mental work of like playing a new game and like even though the mechanics of like a short hike in spirit fair are like you know fairly like straightforward and the worlds are pleasant to be in and everything there was it was just like a bridge i couldn't cross this weekend so i ended up just going back to donkey kong country and basically playing through that like that's all i could handle was just something that i like already knew (laughs) and something that we just talked about like a month ago (laughs) Um, so, uh, no, no, uh, fresh observations about Spirit Fair or Samurai Jack? Uh, I mean, Spirit Fair is, like, aesthetically, like, so beautiful. Um, it's, it's something that should totally be, that I am anticipating will be completely up my alley when I'm in more, like, the mood to get into it. Um, the, the beginning, like, you're just trying to get situated in the world and, like, figure out the mechanics and you get this ship and you... Like, it's, like, building stuff. And so I think, like, the resource part of it, I just, like, didn't really... I wasn't in the mood to dig into. But, like, I cannot get over aesthetically, like, how beautiful and how, like, warm and, like, rewarding the world feels to be in. And then uh, Samurai Jack Battle Through Time, I have put in probably, like, an hour and a half, maybe close to two hours into it. And, um... It's, it seems, it's like totally fine. It's completely right. Like, uh, does it, does it feel a little like, uh, cause I, I think I've probably also played for about an hour and a half, um, feel pretty like samey. Like every new room you go into is basically the same level of challenge. You're surrounded by, uh, you know, guys, kind that of the fight same you. sort of enemies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, so especially through like the first, areas you travel through like there's like the like the castle that you're in for a good chunk of the first level and um like aesthetically it wasn't it's 
I didn't particularly care for it. There, the next section that I'm in now, like the second section, is it's like outdoors and like really green and um, like has like these beautiful like pink flowers and like I like that a lot more. I think the problem, yeah, exactly like you said. The problem for me is that it is a budget game and that's not like a bad thing necessarily, but it it's just it's very repetitive. It's like run yeah. through run through very like run through corridors it's very like clear where you're going run through corridors defeat like the same type of enemies um rinse and repeat and you know if for people who uh like the samurai jack world or even just like are looking for a straightforward like action game like i it's not bad it and it seems to have depth there if you want the depth in the sense where like you know the skill tree is pretty big. So many skill trees. Yeah. Um, there's like a uh, lot different weapons, and there are uh, like uh, little like missions that you get within the game where it's like do ten of these actions, like that sort of thing. So it's it's not a bad game. It's just like was it doesn't like grab me. It doesn't do anything like particularly interesting. Yeah. Um, I feel that too. I, I mean, I, I feel the, just like the overall um, sort of, you know, malaise having a hard time like locking into um, something new. So one of the symptoms of that is uh, um, I, I spent a fair amount of time this weekend playing Animal Crossing, still still playing Animal Crossing. Um, and, you know, one of the things I realized, uh, you know, obviously we are recording this from the uh, final day of August, which means that today is the last day to catch some August bugs. Um, a, a lot of the cicadas are going away mm, after, mm-hmm. um, af- after tonight. Now, by the time we're listening to this by yesterday. Um, so uh, Sarah and I made a list of all of the bugs that were leaving in August that we did not already have. It was a total of eight bugs. Eight of them, kind of a lot, uh, and we made the list. I think on Saturday, maybe Friday or Saturday, one of the two. Um, so we uh, we're like, we don't have a lot of time to get what's left of these bugs, and all of them are either available only between five p.m. and eight a.m. or uh, eleven p.m. and eight a.m. Oh wow! So like, they're they're either like evening and late night or just late night bugs. Um, so made this checklist uh and it's like okay when you you know that's like we both have this goal of like collect these bugs and seven of eight of these bugs only spawn on palm trees mark there are currently 40 palm trees on my island (laughs) (laughs) just lining the beach uh uh, you know in a horseshoe shape all the way around the island um and we have collected now seven of the eight of these bugs I know, I know. Um, and there are two of them that uh, are, are listed as like ultra rare, like the the mm-hmm. super hard to find. the the uh, The golden stag and the giraffe stag. Um, I found the golden stag this morning when oh, I was nice. playing before eight o'clock in the morning because I woke <laughs> up and it was like, "Well, you gotta you can put like an hour in right now if you want." Um, so I was like running around, running around, running around. Uh, caught one golden stag and was like yes took a screen grab and then was like all right i'm gonna like keep going around the island here and you know this probably had been running mindlessly looking for these bugs for three or four hours at this point caught this golden stag ran maybe 30 seconds later encountered a second golden stag oh my gosh why would it do this why would that be why would that be like that 
So anyway, um, Sarah's in the other room right now, I hope trying to get that giraffe stag, um, uh, and she is under strict orders that if she does catch it, she should barge in and interrupt the recording. <laughs> yes, please. Don't yeah. let me know. <laughs> we'll just, uh, we'll just although, cut the whole thing short. <laughs> we just go out there and celebrate. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, so it's I, I really like it when... Uh, I mean, I, I enjoy Animal Crossing just in general, but uh, having a specific goal in it um, is always very fun. Um, it also made me realize that we don't know what the next up update. Yeah, totally. Is what like kind of like autumn festival or something we're gonna get? Yeah, I mean they they teased like Halloween stuff um, back uh, with the like last summer update, um, but the updates have been pretty regular at the beginning of the month. Um, so you know, I, I wonder if we're gonna get something in September. Um, and if we'll have any like advanced, like, you know, screening of that or, or what, um, or if it's just going to show up one day and, you know, there'll be more stuff in the game. Well, maybe, it'll, maybe, maybe it'll be this Wednesday when, when we're trying to record, uh, there our, we go. <laughs> um, Zelda trilogy episode. I would say for the uh, purposes of our magic spell that that does not count. <laughs> that is not enough. <laughs> Um, something else that I, oh, uh, two, two more things I want to talk about. Um, one, I watched, um, high score on Netflix. Mark, oh, how was that? Out yet? No, I haven't. It's seen really it. good. Um, so it, this is a six episode, like documentary series on Netflix that, uh, traces through some of, uh, some bigger ideas from the early days, um, of video games. Uh, I think the latest they go is like 1993 or 94 or something. Um, but kind of trace it back to, you know, like Atari and the Nintendo, um and uh sega at one point and fighting games and uh doom is in there and like one more thing um like those are the main topics is it set chronologically or sorry like is it or or does it do i guess what i'm asking is like does it say like here's the history of video games through that time or is it like and here's an episode on fighting games and here's an episode on console wars and yeah so it's it's more like the latter um but still sort of within a structure of mm, mm-hmm. you know like it, it starts with atari because atari is sort of like the first you know uh game console uh, and it carries like atari's history you know past the point where nintendo starts to take over and then when they do the nintendo episode obviously they got to back up a little bit and then right. kind of like you know go go back forward so like it does uh it, it it's more it's structured more based on uh topics but also obeys the laws of chronology yeah um, but it's good. There's a lot of stuff in there that, uh, you know, uh, I know already and that we've talked about on this show. Um, but there's also a lot of uh, stuff totally outside the realm of what you normally hear um, talking about video game stuff. Um, it's really good about uh, highlighting voices that are um, not white, that are not male, that are queer. Um, and, you know, really showing that all of those people were, have been part of this community forever. Um, and so even like it, video games reputation is like a, a straight boys club uh is, has never been founded um so it's I, I i really liked it uh for um for those reasons and just for like a, a slice of pure history like uh was just nice and uh fun and enjoyable sarah and i watched the whole thing in an evening um i, I believe it was last tuesday night that we like put it on uh watch like two episodes before dinner watch another three after dinner and then we're like okay let's 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 go to bed um and then it was like oh there's one episode left and it's 38 minutes long and we're like well we watch this whole thing <laughs> in one night uh, but totally recommend if you have uh a- access to netflix the last thing i want to talk about mark I've got a little bit of a hole in my heart 
And what used to be filling that hole was Dragon Quest XI S Echoes of an Elusive Age Definitive Edition for the Nintendo Switch. I like the sounds and sights of a Dragon Quest game, and I haven't had that for uh, many months now. Um, so I picked up the demo for Dragon Quest Builders 2. How are you uh, loving it? I am loving it. I just am loving it. <laughs> um, yeah, I, uh, I, I maybe put like an hour, uh, maybe an hour and a half in, into the demo. Um, I will play that demo until it tells me to stop playing it and buy the whole thing. And then I will buy the whole thing and I will play that. <laughs> um, it's uh, uh, especially playing it at the same time as playing Animal Crossing. I am delighted by the way that it's like, oh, yeah, you want to craft three of these things at once? Go ahead. <laughs> just tell it you want three. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, it's got all the characters look like that wonderful, uh, Kira Toriyama, uh, like greatness, but everyone's like really chibi and cute and running around. Um, and so like, I haven't really gotten to a place where I can do, you know, big creative ideas yet. It's all just been like sort of small building. Um, but you know, it's got all of the, um, charm of Dragon Quest and sounds and looks just like what I want to hear and see. So, you know. I they got I me. <laughs> yeah, I I played the demo for the first one, and a uh, friend of the show, June, uh, lent me his copy, and so I played a little bit further, but didn't like completely get into the first game. Loved what I played of it, though, and I've heard the second one is just like is like heads and shoulders above it. So, yeah, that that's why I'm going right for the second one. Is that it's just uh, supposed to be a a tighter experience and a little bit more. Um, while still giving you that sort of uh, crafting customization uh, experience, also being like a proper RPG with like a nice story and all of that stuff too. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm uh, I'm in. I'm gonna talk about it uh, on the show, uh, you know, probably from now until when I never finish it uh, <laughs> you know, two years from now. Uh, all right. Anyway, that's what we've been playing this week. Let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week. So the big new release for the week is coming on Friday, September 4th, and it's NBA 2K21 is released for the Switch. Um, it's I would guess that 2K has seen like good return on their investment in bringing these games to Switch because we've had one every year since the Switch was released. Um, I have no, I have not played one though. It's a uh, it's so weird that this game will be coming out like. Well, the NBA, well, this year's NBA finals yeah, are still totally like, I mean, it's uh, obviously uh, sports games in this year have uh, a weird relationship with each other. Um, and this game was always going to be targeted for uh, early September. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's it, it just it's just very uh, the whole thing is very weird to me. <laughs> but yeah, uh, uh, yeah, but I was going to say that's pretty much uh, that's pretty much it for this week. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Man, it's so, uh, you know, when Nintendo dumps, like, not dumps, because it was good, and the, we like the presentation, and we like the Indie Direct, um, but, like, when they're like, here are six great games that are all coming out on, like, one day, um, you know, Spiritfarer, and uh, A Short Hike, um, and that uh, Raji, An Ancient Epic, and uh, a handful of other ones um, all came out at the same time. And now we get like a week like this and we're like, yeah, I don't know. There's nothing that excites me here. <laughs> well, I, you know, uh, I feel like this is just an opportunity to ask our listeners like, hey, are there games that are coming out that we're overlooking um, mm, because we're question. not like immediately familiar with the titles? And if there are, we would love to hear about it. 
Yes, uh, 100%. If you have a game that we should have been paying attention to here, you, you should uh, email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com gmail. or tweet at us at Nincart Society on Twitter. All right, Mark, let's close out the new releases. <laughs> now it's time for a regular segment on our show. It's time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or a group of performers didn't play their instruments for four minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So for the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Today, Mark, we are going to be discussing camping. Why have you got camping on the brain? Well, I feel like, so, you know, like summer's coming to a close. And I'm curious right. if you <laughs> ever had, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious if you ever had like that, like quintessential summer camp, like experience, like the mm. sitcom movie, you know, like going away for six, eight weeks, like sleepaway camp. So I never did it when I was a kid, like, a, you know, wasn't a Boy Scout or anything like that. Um, but in high school, um, I was in a uh, strolling strings group um, that had a summer camp every every summer at the beginning of every summer where we learned all the pieces. What um, is what is strolling strings? Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> so I was a, a part of the uh, Golden Strings, uh, Tremper High School's Golden Strings in uh, Kenosha, Wisconsin. I grew up there, um, and uh, it is a. Strolling Strings is uh, like an orchestral sort of performance where the violins, violas, and cellos are like wandering around a banquet hall um, playing their instruments while uh, a bass and piano are sort of stationed at like a stage um, at the front. Um, And so it was playing for a lot of... um, God, I don't even... Like what what, like uh, country clubs would hire us for... Um, like a a Mother's Day brunch or like a mm, Valentine mm-hmm. champagne brunch, a lot of brunches. <laughs> um, so yeah, were you, were you getting paid? Was I getting paid? No, yeah, the, no. The uh, I mean, we we would go places. Um, and like so the. The organization would be paid, which would mean then that like we we went to Germany and Austria one year, um, and like the our individual financial commitment was like maybe 200 bucks or something like that wow so, that's really cool yeah it, it afforded us a, a lot of cool opportunities but um that's when i would do that that was the only like summer camp experience i had it was at the university of wisconsin oshkosh um <laughs> and we were just staying in the dorms so it wasn't even really like the quintessential uh camp experience like you like you were driving at did you ever have that so i when i was younger i went to like i i uh, was in boy scouts when i was fairly young and um we i we did a summer camp but i only remember going i guess like one year and it was only for like 5 days and i it was just uh, for me it was just a nightmare yeah. like you know like uh everything about did I you have like did, friends that you knew at, at camp with you or i uh, i had people that i knew yeah. um yeah i don't uh, i don't know it was just a really like weird traumatizing experience (laughs) (laughs) um i guess the the closest thing that i have to like the actual summer camp experience was in sixth grade um the sort of like end of year class trip uh for the sixth graders was always and this is we were uh sixth grade was uh elementary school for us um still so that was like the last year that you were in elementary Mm -hmm. school um that we would go to a summer camp uh called phantom ranch 
um, which is a dope name for that is uh, an amazing name. Um, and it was just like a a weekend there, and you know would do like um, canoeing and hiking and you know like craft things, um, and that was super fun. Um, and I remember uh, really enjoying that weekend. But the best part of it was um, the last night, so like Saturday night. Um, they took all the kids uh, to like there was a a, a theater space um, uh, on the campground that we all went and they showed us the birds. <laughs> um, and we, you know when we went in there it was light out and when we left it was dark and it was just like okay now go back to your cabins and I remember being so freaked out by it. <laughs> that's so um uh, that's a really hilarious movie to show a bunch of kids. <laughs> <I know. laughs> on that sleepaway camp. <laughs> it's so weird. Like, are what are they trying to freak us out? And if they're trying yeah. to freak us out, why isn't it like a camp scary movie? <laughs> I guess it's like you know the birds. There's one scene of like, like uh, what I would say is like a jump scare, right? When she goes into the house and the person has their eyes pecked out. Yeah. But for the most part, it's like not particularly violent. So I can see why you'd be like, I guess if we're trying to scare kids that this is like an appropriate scary movie for them. But what? Just a completely random poll. Yeah. It it was it was very bizarre, and I, I you know have maybe seen the birds like twice since then um and every time i'm like this wasn't as good as when i saw it at phantom <laughs> ranch the movie will never be that good ever again all right that's going to do it for 433 we were accompanied today by oh i didn't write it down and i closed out the window uh mark will never know <laughs> that's the part that we'll never know is who we were accompanied by today all right mark let's get into the news So we, of course, did not get a full-blown Nintendo Direct. Patrick, right. how are you feeling? Yes. Yeah, you were yeah, like, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm going to bring it up. Yeah, I'm going to bring it up. Uh, you had mentioned last yeah. week that mm-hmm. you were still feeling pretty still good that on hope, Friday yeah. we were going to get some amount yeah. of Nintendo news. Yep. Friday came and went mm-hmm. with uh, nary a word. And I appreciate you not reaching out to me to rub it in my face. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I I, uh, I took a pretty hard stance on it, said, get get excited, expect the moon, expect everything, your wildest dreams. Uh, and obviously it didn't happen. Um, so I won't, I won't throw my head in and say that I too am a broken man. I still think that we will get something in September, um, that we will get something that gives us a, a better idea. Although, uh, I am starting to think that, uh, what I, that we're not going to get these, uh, Mario re-releases in October. Um, we, we will still be celebrating Mario's 35th anniversary in October, uh, come hell or high water. Um, but I don't, uh, we're, we're too close now. Uh, we're too close for them to announce, um, a big collection of games like that uh, and for it to come out like that. So, I I mean, uh, I, I may be joining the, the doom and gloom chorus like everybody else. <laughs> uh, I think you're right that it's probably too late for it to be um, released in October. And, you know, with like Pikmin 3 coming out at the end of the month, I think it does make sense. And just having no other word from Nintendo on what their holiday looks like, I do think it makes a ton of sense for that to be like a November title that kind of anchors um, their yeah. holiday. But I also think that, you know, like, uh, if if you still want to dream big, I think that's great because, like, yes, like, the the lows are going to be lower when it hurts so much, but, like, oh, yeah. the highs are going to be so much higher. Whereas, like, me and everybody else who's trying to be like, well, I'm going to have zero expectations, right? Then, like, when something F happens... zero expectations? <laughs> sure, then you can't be disappointed. 
Um, yeah, so uh, it's and one of the things that we are about to talk about here um, is sort of like feeding into my like overall general theory about um, new releases at the end of the year here um, in that I just don't think we're going to see any major games uh, hitting release dates and like I know the uh, the consoles are still uh, Xbox and PlayStation are still very much like we will be getting those new consoles out by, uh, you know, in, in November sometime. Um, I am increasingly thinking that it is not going to happen or at least not happen in a way that people are expecting. So what do you think of the speculation that arose last week? So, you know, we talked about a report that a new Switch revision was coming. And actually, like right after we recorded, Bloomberg landed a report as well. Yeah. Um, co- uh, corroborating it and also adding details like potentially like 4k like they were making it sound like it was going to be a like switch pro like a mu- much beefier machine and then the speculation uh that came out of that is this idea that like well nintendo's holding back games for the launch of the switch pro so like breath of the wild 2 or something right is going to run like mm-hmm. it's going to be like a new 3ds type thing where it runs like so much better maybe it's an exclusive what what are your feelings on that? Because I am not really buying it. No, I don't buy it either. It doesn't sound like Nintendo. Um, it it sounds like what people think they want Nintendo to be. Um, I I don't know why uh Bloomberg would be reporting on something if they didn't have like kind of a a clear picture of that. Um, I do still think that we will get some sort of Nintendo revision at some or Switch revision at some point next year. Um. But I mean, I think it, like, it's not gonna, it's not gonna do 4K graphic. Like, it'll, it'll have some sort of processing power that lets it, um, display sharper on, uh, you know, in in docked mode, um, and all of that. But I don't think, I mean, 4K is a pretty high bar, especially to do like the, uh, um, the current systems don't do native 4K at this point. So, right. I mean, it's uh, that 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 sounds like a, a wishful thinking to me. I guess, like, for me, the part that I'm really skeptical on is the idea that, like, Nintendo decided to hold back a bunch of games yeah, um, around, like, the launch of uh, Switch Switch Revision. I feel like it... Look, I I guess uh, it's not impossible that when their 2020 had to change because of COVID-19, they were like, well, let's just hold back a bunch, like, some games. Um, But it just doesn't... I don't like it's another one that just like doesn't add up to me because I feel like um it, look like looking at past history and the new 3DS like there were like a handful or maybe even just like one game that was a new 3DS exclusive and it was uh Xenoblade Chronicles and I just have a and, hard time and the binding of Isaac for some reason. <laughs> oh right, that's right, and the binding of Isaac, and like uh, SNES games yeah, in right. the um, virtual console. But I just have a hard time believing that Nintendo is going to say like, "Hey, these games are right. restricted." I guess they could say like, "Hey, these games are going to run a lot better," but that also just doesn't feel like something that they would promote or care about. Like yeah, I don't feel it's... like Nintendo really cares about. They, they don't. They have never in the past come across to me as like trying to sell the uh, graphical capabilities yeah. as like the most important thing about a console, or at least do it well. Yeah, it's also like uh, the the software library right now is so compelling as it is that there's no reason to 
like hold a different software library to move people to different hardware like they already can't keep switches in stock so like uh i guess that even sort of like begs the question of like why bother having the revision at all right now um if you keep making more switches people are going to keep buying them or why bother like having an amazing holiday lineup right yeah because why release a bunch of games that uh would drive hardware sales if you are already selling everything that you can make yeah well and uh, and also like you know we are in a place right now because of uh because of covid that has made you know obviously development and uh, all sorts of marketing difficult for nintendo um in ways that and this is something that you can even kind of call back to the um high score documentary um you know they really underlined how nintendo uh like got their products out in people's hands by physically getting out into people's hands by having the nintendo world championships by having displays at stores and stuff like that um you know nintendo for you know whatever else you want to say about it is always been like an in-person company right like they get in your space they make toys and they want you to have these things in your hand to like play and experience them um and i think that you know so many of their games um demo better than they like preview you know like it is more fun to play Mm -hmm. than, than to watch it um and so that has made uh, any any of their plans for 2020 uh difficult to execute on from a marketing perspective also from a development perspective just because it's hard to do ever anything in this environment um but then also animal crossing has been such a wild success like an astronomically huge success that no one could have predicted uh was going to be uh, as big as it is um that they don't need to push themselves to deliver in an environment where it's going to be difficult to deliver things so like mm-hmm. you know i i think they're no one is ever going to be like, yeah, so we just took the L and moved it to next year. Like, but I, I think we're seeing a, a delay in those things, uh, partially because they need it, but also because they can afford it. Yeah, I think you're right. So, you know, we didn't get a full-blown Nintendo Direct, and we haven't had one for almost like an entire year at this point. Yep. Um, but uh, there was the all-digital Gamescom event last week. Where we got a bunch of news, like video game news in general, and then uh, some updates for a handful of games that are coming to Switch. So uh, let's start off by talking about the Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga Collection, which you and I saw a hands-off demo for at E3 2019. It looked cool then. This trailer for it looked super cool. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. If if you're interested in Star Wars or Lego Star Wars at all, I... Thoroughly recommend checking out this trailer. Um, they used the uh, music cue from the last uh, trailer for Rise of Skywalker, the last like pre-release uh, trailer, um, which I remember like losing my mind over because mm-hmm. it's so cool and it recontextualizes um, the like main fanfare of Star Wars, um, and uh, you know just showed like a bunch of uh, like cute scenes from like all throughout the the nine films um this game is gonna rule like i'm i'm very excited for it um at the end they did say uh it was gonna come out spring 2021 uh which we never had a solid date on it before i don't believe but we we, we did we did have a solid oh, date we did. Okay. um i think around i can't remember what it was was it like around may the 4th they mm-hmm. um you know when like they talked about taika ytd uh, directing a Star Wars movie, and I yeah. think one of the releases was like an official release date for this game in October. Um, See, but... I remember that too, and then I went looking for it, and I couldn't find it. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> they Jedi mind wiped yeah, uh, right. the entire internet. But yeah, I th- I think we had a date for it, but maybe you're right. Maybe it was never officially announced. Um, 
but a little bit of a bummer that it's coming out in spring 2021. But uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's been over like eight or nine years that I've played any Lego game at all. And this seems like a really fun one to get into. Yeah, I I, I really enjoyed the uh, Lego Star Wars Force Awakens um, on the Wii U. Um, and, uh, you know, was kind of bummed that there there wasn't a... Um, a Last Jedi uh, game or a Rogue One game or anything like that. And I guess this still won't have um, elements of, of Rogue One in it. Um, but uh, yeah, just the, you know, the the demo that you and I saw, um, like you get to pick what movie you're going to, what trilogy you're going to. And mm-hmm. then it's sort of like an open world, open universe. You're flying to planets. Like uh, it, it seems... Um, uh, both like the traditional uh, Lego Star Wars games and unlike it, like more ambitious. Uh, so I'm 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 super excited for this game. I can wait for uh, spring 2021. But that's part of what feeds into my like nothing that we expected to see at the end of this year. Uh, are we actually going to see at the end of this year? Uh, also, you're going to be able to play as Yaddle. In, I saw that. Uh, <laughs> Yaddle. <which is laughs> very exciting. Um, also, Lord. So Lord of the Rings Gollum which is yeah. a game that's coming in late 2021, which had been revealed earlier, um, I want to say a few months ago, but it might have been weeks. Uh, um, but I didn't know that this one was coming to Switch. And yeah, this neither. was the first time that we had heard that, I think. It's a uh, narrative-based stealth game with, uh, you know, like really focused on the storytelling with uh, dialogue choices, including like balancing Gollum and Smeagol personalities. It's interesting if nothing else i don't really know what to make of it yeah i mean it it seems neat they could of course uh you know bungle the whole thing and it could be awful but uh like the the concept of playing as Gollum uh in the events leading up to the lord of the rings like being captured by um sauron's forces and like all all of that and escaping um like it it seems like it is fertile ground for Mm -hmm. um interesting uh story and gameplay like the idea of being Gollum uh, and like sneaking through Mordor and like having to, um, you know, creep around orcs and stuff. Um, there aren't too many like pure stealth gameplay experiences, um, and I don't know if if this is one of them. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll be excited to play it. I like Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I was gonna say like you know this past year I've really gotten like super into Star Wars. Um, like reimmersed myself in all things Star Wars, and now I'm like, is it? Will 2021 be the year of re-immersing myself into all things Lord of the Rings? I mean, maybe it will be. Who knows? <laughs> uh, th- this, uh, is n- this is not connected to um, the Peter Jackson uh, trilogies. They're using like a different design of uh, right. Um I assume that it means it's also not connected to the Amazon series. Is, oh my gosh, you know? I totally forgot about that. Yeah, that's I, a thing. Prepare yourself, I man. Ass- I think you're probably right only because I think that series takes place like an entire like generation, like hundreds of years or something uh, apart from the uh, books. Oh, okay. All right. But it's still, it's still called Lord of the Rings though, right? Oh, I'm sure. I'm okay. sure. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I think maybe they've announced a cast like I, I who knows when that show is even uh, premiering. Yeah. I mean, that's uh uh I believe I read somewhere that they they had already spent or like budgeted to spend a billion dollars for the production of the first I think, season. I think they committed to like five years of it up front or something like that. It's just crazy. <laughs> uh, Jurassic World Evolution Complete Edition is coming to Switch on November 3rd. 
this is also a game that I played at E3 um, two years ago. Yes, two years ago. Um, uh, Chris Bermonti and I waited in line for like an hour to play uh, Jurassic World Evolution, um, which is a game that doesn't make any sense to play on a convention floor because it's <laughs> it's like a it's like a park sim. It's a roller coaster mm-hmm. tycoon, but with um, a Jurassic Park. Um, but Chris and I had a, a very nice time getting to know each other in that line. <laughs> Um, and this is one that I actually I am a little bit interested in, especially because uh, like I just had that experience a couple weeks ago of uh, watching the Jurassic, uh, Jurassic Parks uh, 2 and 3 um, and just kind of being like, I like the idea of this a lot. Um, maybe it's a world that I want to like just sort of exist in for a while. And maybe this is the way to do it. Also revealed was Wonder Boy Asha in Monster World, which uh, is coming the first quarter of 2021. Um, why are there so many of these like Wonder Boy, Monster Boy, I, 8-bit games yeah. being remade for like modern consoles? What what is that? Why? Why? <laughs> I, yeah, it's a series that I don't know anything about. Like, isn't like uh, Wonder Boy and Monster? What what's the other one? Monster. I think Monster Boy Kid. is the other one. Yeah, Monster Boy. Know. Yeah, no, no, no. I think you're right, Monster Boy. But like, aren't they like also like part of the same series or like branching from the same yes, series? Yes, I think or... so. It's like a really conf- it's a family tree that i'm only peripherally familiar with so i find the whole thing very confusing i know that one of the games two of the remakes or whatever have been uh well regarded but like i don't know i like it's a series i'm so unfamiliar with that like i admire the art of these some of these new games from like afar but other than that i haven't i haven't really dove in i mean it it mostly just kind of makes me jealous for like the 8-bit games that I am familiar with that I would like to see remade um, with like new hand-drawn, um, you know, uh, animated like art style. Um, this one isn't exactly that. They're, they're doing, uh, it's the, the characters and the backgrounds are all like 3D, um, but mm. still like moving around in a uh, like two-dimensional plane. Um, so it, it feels a little more like, you know, Mighty Number no. 9E than, um, mm-hmm. than something like truly uh, hand-drawn. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, this one just kind of pointing it out as, as a as a weird curiosity. They keep remaking these games. Uh, the Outer Worlds Peril on Gorgon uh, DLC w- was shown off. There's no date for it. They said before the Switch version was. Uh, sorry, actually, did they? Uh, I didn't see this. Did they officially confirm that it's coming to Switch with uh, this? Or no, no, I don't know. Yeah, well, be- so it's interesting because before the game was released on Switch, they were like, yes, we're planning on like supporting it with all the DLC and everything. But since this has been revealed, they haven't speci- they haven't said anything about it having a Switch version. My assumption is that it'll happen eventually, but I wouldn't be surprised if it comes after it's released on all the other platforms. Yeah, that's, that, that's interesting. I mean, they, they didn't have any information about um, release of this thing. Um, mm. So, uh, you know, it, it's... It, whether or not it's coming to Switch, I guess is something we'll just have to like wait, wait and see. Does the name uh, Gorgon mean anything to you? No, I'm trying to think from. So what is interesting is in the game, um, on like the map, when you're traveling between the different planets, there are like two or three planets. I think two planets that are like locked that through the story you never oh, experience. Um, and so I assume that those will be part of the DLC. I don't. My like I don't remember one of them being named Gorgon. Uh, it's a great name for uh, whatever it is. So <laughs> a presumably planet. Yeah, if it's a planet but, or um, like a space station or something. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, and I really enjoyed my time with that game, so I'm hoping that the it'd be fun if the DLC comes as well. Yeah, you'd go back uh, back to it for the DLC, you think? Yeah, I would, for sure. Um, Little Nightmares 2 is coming out on February 11th, 2021. 20, uh, and I believe Little Nightmares was a game that we saw teased in like a, a indie showcase at some point a long yeah. time ago. Um, so I think this is really just an announcement of, of a release date for it. Uh, Dirt, Doom Eternal, the DLC, The Ancient Gods Part 1. Uh, no release date for it. Um, we did learn that it'll be it will be playable separately from like the the main game, so you'll just be able oh, to buy it on its own, kind of like Torn of the Golden Country yeah. um, with Xenoblade Chronicles Two. But also, the game it has been announced for Switch. It was delayed for Switch. It's not even released on Switch yet. The last we heard was I think in July when one of the producers on the game was saying that we should hear news pretty soon. Soon, yeah. Um, yeah. Here and we are so, two months later. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, like I could see that being potentially an October, November title. I think the first one came out in November of 2017. Um, that could I'm also be a, one. a good, uh, good entry in a Nintendo Direct. Yes, absolutely. Yep. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Uh, space Crew, which uh, seems kind of like a cross between Overcooked and Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time. Yeah. Um, th- that feels a little bit more complimentary than uh, <laughs> like my impression of actually watching the, the, the trailer was. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's both uh, Overcooked and Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time are so confident uh, in their own identity like they have such a clear visual style um and like overcooked overcooked is so like kind of dorky and weird that like you can't help but be like oh yeah that is authentically overcooked that's what overcooked is um and this feels uh space space crew feels a little bit like derivative um you know the the trailer made references to both star trek and Battlestar galactica um so like yeah, I mean, I guess it it's it's playing with the material that it has, but um, yeah, it 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 could be interesting. I I got an email about this from a uh PR company, so may, maybe we'll be checking this one out. And that comes out on October fifteenth of this year. Uh, we got a date for Minecraft Dungeons: The Creeping Winter DLC. This drives me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about this just last week. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, the in our previous episode about the uh, the Nintendo Partner Showcase, um, where they said that this was coming out in September, uh, and then like two days later, Gamescom is like it's coming out September eighth. It's like <laughs> why? Why? Come on, guys. Let's get all these beats lined up. Uh, and then also there's a Bridge Constructor game coming. Bridge Constructor: The Walking Dead, which will Wild. be released sometime this year. There was also a Bridge Constructor portal, right? Wasn't yeah, that like yeah, another one that came ago. out? Yeah. Uh, so Bridge Constructor just out there getting uh, compelling but weird licenses. <laughs> where it's like, wait, wait, a portal I can at least like sort of put the pieces together where like it's like a physics engineering kind of thing. So like, you know, that they sort of make sense. But Bridge Constructor, The Walking Dead, like I, I just I just don't get it, Mark. Yeah, uh, in my head, I'm imagining, ooh, what's that, like, uh, is it World of Goo or something like that, where one of those games where you have to construct, um, like, ways to get across, uh, like, ravines and stuff, but you're doing it with, like, uh, pieces of goo. Yeah, Yeah, gooby blobs with with eyes. (laughs) Exactly. That's, that's, like, in my head when I'm picturing, like, some, like, World War Z type thing. Yeah. Well, so, uh, uh, you know, 
good good luck to the bridge constructor people. I guess. <laughs> they, there were a, a handful of other announcements, but I feel like these were the uh, ones that you and I could care and or talk about. Um, uh, there's a, a ton of Gamescom uh, stuff out there. If you want to know more, you can just go and uh, seek it out. Lego designer Martin Simons was recently recently interviewed by Game Central, and he gave a few insights into working with Nintendo on the recent Lego NES and Lego Super Mario sets. Uh, on the Sprite piece that's on like the TV in the NES set, he said, quote, That took us a lot of time to get correct. They were very particular, and rightfully so. We tried to get it pixel perfect, just as with some of the other decorations in there. But that's something where we really needed their advice, and we had quite a few loops round on it, more than we expected. That is where their eye for detail was very obvious. They even looked at the printing and element shapes down to the millimeter, which we do not always do with a partner. I love this. I love the idea. I know he probably wasn't in the room, but the idea of like Miyamoto <laughs> coming up with his tape measure and measuring. Exactly. Stuff. And like his jeweler's glass. <laughs> yep. 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 Uh, um, on collaborating with Nintendo in general, he said, quote, uh, I've been in quite a few licensing projects over the years at Lego and every partner is different. But I think what we realized when we were working with Nintendo is that they could almost be Lego colleagues. It was that feeling after we got this project going, that their philosophy is also only the best is good enough. If they had something that they said needed to be improved, they wouldn't let it go until we worked on it, even though in the beginning we might not have been paying it the same amount of attention. And that's what they brought to the team, their very, very deep level of experience. Uh, again, I, I, I love this. Um, I do think it the uh, sort of bravado of Lego being like, they could almost be Lego colleagues <laughs> yeah. is very funny. <laughs> Uh, on future Nintendo projects, um, he says, quote, Lego, quote, very specifically wanted to work on Super Mario first and to get that right, get that out, and not clutter things up with even any of the side games in the Mario universe, uh, end quote. However, he added that um, there are a lot of opportunities and a ton of other good ideas they have that they could also work on. Uh, so I guess that you know answers our questions. Why there's, why there's no Yoshi? why there's no even luigi <laughs> although I mean, <laughs> come on um but yeah is, is mark what what do you is, is there something that you would want to see come out uh of like the nintendo lego relationship that isn't i think it'd be fun well he talks he when he talks about like side games in the mario universe mm -hmm. i'm immediately like ooh, like like a mario striker set or even ooh. you know like a uh a dr mario set or a wario's yeah. wood set well, I mean, the Warriors would set probably never going to happen, but a, a Dr. Mario set would be awesome. That'd be a lot of fun. Um, and then finally, over the weekend, 8BitDo announced that they were will be releasing an arcade fight stick compatible with the Nintendo Switch and with Windows. Is this the first fight game or fight stick for Switch? So I think there are some already, but uh, I, I don't I, I don't think that 8BitDo has, has released one yet. Um, they make uh, some quality hardware, um, and I am interested in picking this one up. Um, that's you know this thing is included uh, in our news roundup. I think it's just because this is the kind of thing that I get excited about. <laughs> um, but uh, so you know, like we said, it's uh, uh, compatible with both Nintendo and Windows. Um, it is fully customizable um, with like all of the sort of normal. Um, 
uh, things that you can change out on a fight stick. Um, it's uh, Bluetooth um, connected and can also do um, wireless with the um, wireless or wired connection with, with Switch. Um, and yeah, it just seems like a, a solid stick. It comes out October 20th. It's going to be $90, which is surprisingly reasonable for a fight stick. Usually those things will cost you at least $120. Um, some go for like $180. I've seen them over $200. Um, so it's a, a nice, reasonable price. Uh, and it sort of looks like the old NES Advantage, which uh, it, uh, appeals to me on a wonderful, nostalgic, gut punch kind of level. Yeah, it looks really cool. Very, like, uh, NES aesthetic. Yeah, like that kind of gray and black with, like, red accents. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 it's very nice, very clean. Um, I do have uh, one 8-bit dough controller that, since its firmware update, I have not been able to, like, resync with my Switch. So maybe I should hold my recommendations for 8-bit dough products <laughs> until I, I figure that out. Um, yeah, but this it, it seems like a cool controller. I have a fair number of fighting games on the Switch, like the uh, uh, Street Fighter II, um, uh, what is it, Ultra Street Fighter II? Whatever it was, the one that came out right around launch um, and has that really awful like first-person mode in it. Uh-huh. Um, but like at any time a fighting game comes out, uh, my instinct is to pick it up on PlayStation because that's where I have a stick. Um, if I can get this, a relatively affordable stick, then that, that may change my calculus going forward. All right, that's going to do it for the news. Let's close that out. All right, and that is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts if you like the episode. You can share it on Facebook or Twitter or wherever you share stuff. Uh, you know, reach out to a real person you know and tell them that you listen to this Nintendo thing, and maybe they would like it too. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell, and the show is at Nin Cart Society. We also have a Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape Betty. You can get more of his music by going to apebetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Eller saying we're almost colleagues with Lego. And thanks for listening. Rachel, Oscar. Yeah, Claire? Claire? Do you love Disney movies? Uh Uh-huh. Have you seen them all? Not Not all of them. What do you guys think if we watch them all in chronological order and then talk about them? Ooh. Oh, and what if we could talk about it with some of our favorite friends? (gasps) I love that. Yeah, what if we do it inside the Disney vault? You know, that's the name of our podcast, Inside the Disney Vault on Campfire Media. Yeah, check us out on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to yours. That's Inside the Disney Vault. Let's go. Campfire.